0: Hello, folks. I hope you're enjoying this new year. You know, Nancy Pearl is off for a few weeks. She's doing some writing, so we're bringing you some reruns. This is going to be our first episode repeated. I'll also get a list up of some of the books we talked about so you can see it. Myself, right now, I'm reading Suburbia. Welcome to Suburbia, sharing our neighborhoods with wrens, robins, woodpeckers, and other wildlife. It's by John Marslip, who's a professor at the University of Washington in Seattle. It's a really fun book if you're interested in uh, how to attract more birds, but also why the ecology of suburbs is actually pretty good for a lot of species of birds, but not all of them. I also just finished up two books by Peter Temple. The Australian mystery writer Nancy has been recommending. I found Truth to be a little dark, but a very good book. The Broken Shore, that was a very good book too. Not quite as dark, But interesting, interesting to get an insight into Australia, as Nancy said. Well, all right, there will be some new stuff in this episode, by the way, because we're going to start having sponsors. You know, eventually we have to figure out a way to uh, help pay for this, but we're not going to follow the public radio model, at least not right now. So I won't be asking you, not right off the bat, to support this program. We thought instead we'd turn to some of the folks that we like, who we think you will like, to talk about their work. So, these sponsors, they're mostly our other podcasts that I'm working on, or in the case of today, the folks who kindly let us do our recording at the Bryant Corner Cafe. So, a little later, we're going to hear from Sarah a couple times. By the way, I I asked them to be sponsors. They're doing it for free because uh, I know that's not quite the way to do the economics of this, but hey, I'm learning. So enjoy this rebroadcast. Enjoy my conversations with Sarah about why the Bryant Corner Cafe is a fun place. It used to be an old pharmacy. We've talked about that before. And she used to come here and buy candy when she was a little girl. Myself, I remember when it was open in the, in the 80s, when I first moved to this neighborhood I live in, the Bryant neighborhood of Seattle, I used to go to this pharmacy as well, seeing if they were selling any comic books. I think they had stopped selling them by then. All right talk to you again at the end of the show i want to know what you think about all this so at the end of the show i'll remind you to write us with the books you're reading and also with your thoughts about how we can keep it going help pay for it your ideas they're the most welcome this is that stack of books we're in nancy pearl and me steve share uh, see if we can keep piling it on until it finally topples over by your bed nancy it's good to see you
1: Great to be here. I
0: love being back with you on the Magic of Radio podcast.
1: Me too, and uh, just so exciting that we have um, a, 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 a lengthy time, especially in radio terms, to discuss... Um, books yeah
0: books we love we're, we're at Bryant Corner Cafe. where you do you run that uh, little free library out there or you just contribute to I, it
1: I contribute a lot to it I all of my um, advanced readers copies uh, go to them when I'm done with them.
0: Oh you do? oh so everybody gets to see what you're reading yes. oh and I love you know I love advanced reader copies because they're plain, and they have sort of information on them that isn't going to be in the final book. Like, But I don't know, I just feel engaged in the book even more because I know it's, a, it's an early edition.
2: But
1: sometimes they're missing the table, jacket, of, contents, the table of contents, the jacket cover, pictures. Index. I- index, uh, right. T-
0: uh, better proofreading. Right, de- <laughs>
1: definitely better proofreading. We hope that it gets corrected in the final one. And before I talk about a book... Uh, that I have only read in, um, advanced reading, uh, an advanced reader's copy. I always go back and look at the finished book to make sure that any, any quotes are the way I feel like they were in the original one. I'm, but I'm reading, for example, um, right now, a biography of Nelson Rockefeller.
0: Oh really? The new one? uh, The
1: new one by Richard Norton Smith. Yeah. And, um, and it's fascinating, and there's so many things that I've learned already about Rockefeller that I didn't know, but there's no pictures.
3: Oh. And,
1: you know, when he talks about his first wife, um, uh, um, who he, whom he called Todd... Um, you know, he said that one of the first things he said to his parents was, "There are three things that are that you know that are three strikes against her in terms of marrying her. One, she's a little taller than he was. <laughs> Two, she wasn't very good looking. That was the second one. And the third one. And I and I thought, well, I'd like to see a picture of her now. I thought they called her Happy. No, Happy was the second oh. wife. Happy was the second one. Oh yes.
0: You know, um, Richard Norton Smith ran out of presidents to, to write about. So he went to the also <laughs> rans. I have uh, I was reading I am reading Gar Stein's new novel, uh-huh. The Sudden Light. Uh-huh. And I had, I originally had it as a uh, uh, you a, know, galley. a galley and and I felt the same way. I didn't it, it had at least on the cover. Copy, but I, mm-hmm. I will say that I, I felt, I, w- I liked it, I felt like I was in on the early secret, but right. then it was, oh, I, I don't have the, uh, I don't have all the other stuff I need right. to enjoy this book. All right, so our idea here, we're, so we're at the Bryant Cafe, look, you guys have already sat down, hi you guys, you, you're not on mic, so you, you know, we're just hearing you in the distance, but that's all right, um, is that we're going to gather uh, people's thoughts and opinions about the books they're reading, there's some folks over there with a big stack of books themselves, But you have a big stack of books in front of you. So are these books you have been thinking about? Have you read? No, these
1: are book. This stack is books that I've read very recently, or, or in one case, in the midst of. I'm in the midst of this. Truth
0: by Peter Temple.
1: By Peter Temple.
0: Uh, We'll start with that. Who's he? Who he? So,
1: uh, Peter Temple is an Australian. Crime writer who has won many, many, many awards in Australia. Not so many awards here, um, if any. And I love, I love Peter Temple. And I discovered Peter Temple from his book, The Broken Shore, which is a thriller which we talked about years yeah, ago. Yeah. And in, in, in Peter Temple's Mysteries, it, there's always going to be a lot about... Uh, subtly, but a lot about Australia's history, the relationship with the Aboriginals, um, what, a, what an integrated police force is like. And this one is set, you know, um, this is set in Melbourne, where he's from, where Peter Temple is from. And it, it really is, is set at the time, Melbourne was under a terrible drought for a number of years, and this is set during the drought. So it's, it's just really, um, uh, but it's a, it's a real police procedural, it's a crime novel, but it's, it's so much more than that. And I have to say, he also did a series of books featuring a guy um, named Jack Irish and Acorn TV, which is my new favorite um, my new favorite TV station acorn TV has all of the Jack Irish the two series of the Jack oh. Irish books so I Peter temple is not a well-known mystery writer thriller writer crime writer in the states but he sure should be
0: you know I am um, and you feel like you're in uh, you feel like you're in Australia
1: yes yeah, yes you do and it's a and it's not the Australia. It isn't the Australia that uh, that tourists generally see.
0: Oh, you know, I have been reading, I think I've told you this before, I've been reading Donald Leone's books mm-hmm. about Guido Brunetti set in uh, in Venice, and I've read the, the Camilleri books, Montalbano, uh, who I didn't know was based on a Spanish, the, the name Montalbano came from um, a, a, a Spanish writer that... Uh, the Camilleri respected, who also wrote a series of oh. mystery novels set in Spain. Oh, uh, very few of them translated. I have to, I have to look up his his uh, the name of his uh, character. But very few of them translated. But I've just gotten really excited about all the places I can travel in the world with police procedurals. Didn't we walk? Didn't we walk by at the university bookstore one time? A, a book of noir and detective fiction yes, from, from all, all over Europe. Y-
1: yes. Yeah, and there's now going down to you know sort of drilling down. There's in that same series, there's like prison noir, and uh, you know I'm waiting for like Akron, Ohio noir. Well, there's there's (laughs) Phoenix noir, right? right. Yeah, there's Seattle noir. And
0: there's Seattle noir. Yeah, Yeah. I mean John Talton, he writes for the writes for the Times. He writes. He's got four or five. No, he's got more than that. Books set in Phoenix. Yeah, and they're they're. Detective yeah. noirs,
1: and I think Portland has. I think it's the whole series. I think there. I mean, it's a great idea if you like noir. Noir is a little too scary for me if it gets too noir.
0: This isn't noirish, Peter Temple, true? No,
1: it's not. I mean, there are gruesome, gruesome issues that occur, but it's not. Um, it, 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 it isn't, as I understand noir. It isn't n- noir. But you know, with a with a crime novel called Truth and a whole sort of issue about police um yeah integrity etc you get complicated stories with peter temple which is what i enjoy
0: that's great what's well, mmk
1: okay here's one this is really i found this is really interesting because of my response to it so this is a rereading i reread this book because i was desperate for something to read Basically, I've just been reading thrillers, and I really, I just wanted a little break, but I couldn't find at that moment anything that looked good. So I took off my bookshelf, MMK, The Sun and Morning, which is the first volume of her autobiography. And MMK is best known for her, you know, sort of mega bestseller uh, soap opera, if you will, The Far Pavilions. Right. Is,
0: Thank you. Uh, yes. yes. And
1: so yeah it was all over the radio. All, yeah, all over. I mean, w- people loved it. People absolutely loved it. So, they made
0: it into a movie a, or a TV, TV show, yeah right?
1: And so I read The Sudden Morning, and it's the kind of book. I loved this book. She grew up in India. Her father um, worked for, you know, he was one of the um, English family. They were one of the English families who came over, so the father worked with the with the British government there, and they spend a lot of time in Simla, which is a place that I've always wanted to go because I've read about it, and she loved it. She loved her Indian childhood, and there is nothing in there that is obviously racist or... Um, cringeworthy. Cringe, oh, great, yes, or <laughs> cringeworthy, except... All the time I was reading this, I kept thinking, in light of all of the post-colonial studies that are happening, why am I reading? I I mean, I felt so guilty reading and enjoying this book. And it it took away, I mean, it made me wish for that period of innocence that I had when I first read the book. Man,
0: that's too bad. But I understand Right, we are faced with new ways of looking at the world.
1: Yes, and but but when it affects your when it affects your enjoyment of the book, I mean I mean really, if you read any writer who wrote a, a, Dorothy Sayers. Um, uh, Agatha Christie they were they were anti-semitic and that shows up in their books and there are cringeworthy sections w
0: Somerset mom Jack London I was reading some Jack yes. London recently and thought wow,
1: yeah, this and, was
0: in newspapers
1: and it was just it was cringeworthy and you and you have to kind of step back and say do I do I look at this as though it were a picture of, of the period in which it was written? Well, yes. But does that excuse it? Well, I don't know. So the, so the, I brought the MMK just because I think that was such an interesting response that I had. That is. Um, I, it, and... But Agatha Christie, who I've been rereading a little bit because I've been watching Miss Marple and the final Hercule Poirot on, again, Acorn TV, my favorite. Um, I, and they cut out all of those anti-Semitic references and I ch- you know, changed people's names. Agatha Christie was, you know, I mean... Just as Hercule Poirot had uh, you know, his egg-shaped head and his little gray cells, every Jewish character, or as they would say, Hebrew character, had you know, a big nose, and they were in trade, uh, particularly things like the diamond trade. So really offensive to read, but be sad to live a life without reading any Agatha Christie. I don't know what the answer is.
0: Well, we're educated enough to at least think about it, yes. and there's there's part of that. Yes. We'll be back to the show in a minute, but first, a word from our sponsor. Yep, we're going to have sponsors. We're a radio show. We ought to have sponsors. So our first sponsor should be the Brian Corner Cafe, since they're nice enough to let us come here. So I was thinking, why do they even let us come here? Why do you, why do, you do that? Sarah Swanson, why do you let us come here?
3: Because we love you and Nancy Pearl. Nancy Pearl is our regular customer, and... We try to have a restaurant that feels kind of like a living room where somebody would want to sit and hang out and talk about books. It kind of just sort of lends itself to that. It's a community, neighborhood, restaurant. I think that people here read a lot. So it's yeah. by the library. It just works, yeah. and it's pretty exciting. And I like how we're sort of molding and changing and trying to to bring books into the restaurant.
0: Yeah, I do too. And, of course, you are molding and changing because you've put all these sound dampening panels in the ceiling just because it's a it's a little loud this restaurant so you want to do it anyways but you've also been doing it for us and that's that's great you're volunteering here
3: i do this was my drugstore growing up and a long crazy story of knowing chris since i was 12 we are engaged to be married he's been here a while and now i'm the co-owner of it but uh, i just he asked me to help and improve the restaurant about a year ago and i've been here now seven days a week since then and it's my volunteer work. Yeah, it's my yeah. charity.
0: Yeah, it does not sound like volunteer work. It sounds like a job. <laughs> I just want you to just know when that.
3: You put money in, you need to work for free. I don't know. <laughs> oh,
0: there's the business model. I understand that. that's what we're doing with the, with this whole podcast empire.
3: You I, put money in, you can't work for free. fire me because I work for free. But I do. I, my kids go to school down the street. I feel like I know all the, the customers. I live a few blocks away, so it just feels it feels good to me. It it nurtures my soul.
0: All right. Good. Thank you. Well,
3: thank
0: you. It was easy. I told you it was easy.
3: All right. It's now. Not real, is it? Yeah.
0: And now <laughs> we'll return to the show. Of course, real. it's real, since part of the issue of doing this is that there are lots of people who yes. want to have conversations with Nancy Pearl about these and things. And you. And me. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to bring in our other mic. You do me a favor. Sit. You lift your chair up a touch, if you can do that. There you go. Sometimes when I do these podcasts with Robert Harton, I say, so should I leave that in or should I take that out? The moment where the microphone is stuck and you can't, uh, you can't uh, get it or not. What do you think, Katie Sewell? Leave it in, take it out.
4: Uh, I w- it depends, I think. For me personally, it would depend on how much it ruins the momentum of what you're working on. <laughs> right. What you're working
0: on. So, so Katie Sewell's helping us do this. Yeah. Fresh from her own podcast and her life in Rome.
4: Yeah, The Bittersweet Life. Look it up.
0: Look it up. Check it out. <laughs> Check it out. Uh, any, any book comments before well, we... Well, one
4: thing I was wondering, just because you mentioned the reader's guide at the end, I was wondering how you feel about those reader's guides. Yeah, that's a great question because um, certainly more and more
1: um, author, more and more publishers are going to that or including reader's guides. And I think they're... I, my understanding is they're all done by freelancers, and so I think they vary greatly in how much they delve into real issues and how much is um, is just raising. I mean, partly those readers' guides are aimed at book groups because here's questions for you, and some of the questions are so um, are so. You know, unimportant or obvious that you kind of wonder why that question is there, or a question like, "What character did you like best?" I hate those kinds of questions because I think it doesn't. It you just give an answer and then it stops. Well, that's lazy. Yeah, yeah. That's
0: like bad journalism. I,
1: I mean, I think I think the best thing that readers guides can do is give a context for the book, and um, I, and I think a book that's set in Australia. <laughs> Currently, where the government um, very recently just apologized for the treatment of the Aboriginals, Um, understanding that role and the prejudice, or maybe even referring to like, um, what was that movie? The 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 one about the fence. um, Rabbit,
0: rabbit proof or
1: rabbit proof fence. Rabbit. Yes. Yes. Which, which again, is so relevant, not necessarily to this particular um, Peter Temple, but certainly to the one, um, The Broken Shore, which I'm very eager to reread almost immediately as soon as I finish this.
0: Um, Okay. Who's with us? I'm Barbara. What are you reading right now?
1: I just finished in... Ian, uh, oh, and Ian McEwan's, McEwan's latest book. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, gripping. Yeah. gripping, all the way through. Yes. So, do you remember the title, The Child Act? Yes, that's right. And so, did you? Um, this is always interesting. Did you predict the ending? Did you know the ending? I did not know it. I suspected it. And were you right in your suspicions? Yes, yes pretty much. Yes. I mean, it's, it still seems like an open question.
4: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, mostly, I was transfixed by how he got into the mind of that lady judge, and how she grappled with so many questions, and then how much research he had to do to have all that history of the law. Are you an Ian McEwen fan? I am now. <laughs> Oh, but you weren't. I loved Atonement. Uh huh.
4: I don't remember liking the next one. Uh
1: huh. <laughs> and so, means. did you pick this up because of Atonement? Because of Atonement. Yes. So,
0: so what's your what's her next book?
1: Um, How do we add to
0: that stack yeah. of books by the side of her?
1: Well. Um,
0: Sounds like that Peter Temple book would be nice. Yeah, I saw you writing it down. That's right.
1: Yeah, yes. yeah. But I would do the Broken Shore, the okay. Peter I, Temple, I, I the Broken I, Shore. My
4: husband
1: has. And then um, I, there's a, another uh, mystery a crime novel called The Cold, Cold Ground by P- by McKinty, Adrian McKinty. And it's the first of a trilogy.
0: Oh, you've talked about that many before. Times, yeah, I'd like but to read that. It's set in
1: Ireland during the Troubles. Oh, even better. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so that would be. My husband's the mystery. Uh huh. We have a tradition before we go on a trip of going to the
4: mystery bookstore and getting mysteries that take place
1: in the place. Uh huh. And so, yeah. Ireland's well, there's. Um, I and, love doing that. And in Iceland, I just got. It oh yeah, Iceland. And then there's a um, an early Ian McEwen called Black Dogs, which is absolutely wonderful. That was my introduction to Ian McEwen years ago.
0: Great. Black dogs.
1: Black dogs, and and it's referring to Churchill, called his depression black dogs. The black dogs. Oh, are really? After me. Yeah.
0: No, that would be relevant. See, I'm glad you sat down. That's the whole point of this show: hear what people have With to say. The
1: serendipity that I just happened to see the face-
0: That is the best thing. By. That is the best thing yeah, of serendipity.
1: Well,
4: and plus, I'm so missed the three of you on, on my in my mornings
1: at KOW. We'll
0: Here we are.
4: Cut that out. But yeah. No,
0: we'll leave <laughs> that. We'll, we'll do a little editing. Well, that's great.
4: Um, can I ask another question? I'm reading. I wondered if you ever read two books at once because that's what I'm currently doing right now. That are wildly different from yes. one another. I think if you're going to read
1: two books at once, they almost need to be wildly different because otherwise, I think they would bleed into one another. So what are you reading?
4: I am reading, uh, well, I just started, and I'll forget the author, so hopefully you know, This House is Haunted by John, something like, I emailed it to you, Boyne or something like that. Oh, John Boyle. Boyle. John Boyle. Maybe that that sounds right. Um, But... My friend suggested that I should wear, read something scary for the month of October. Oh, so, well, that's a nice idea. So I'm reading, I just started that one, and it's written in a Dickens prose style, and it takes place in the time when Dickens was alive. So,
0: John then, Boyne, B-O-I-N-E, B-O-Y-N-E. Yeah, yeah, there you
4: go. So I'm reading that one, and the contrast to that one is Little Men by Louisa May Alcott. Oh. <laughs> 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 Which brings up the same issues in, as this M M K book. Yes. But, but I'm reading that one, too. And that was mainly um, because my grandmothers, both their favorite books growing up were Little Women, the two Little Women uh-huh. books. And so I reread those and found them to be so meditative and so like, oh, life is wonderful. And Even when Beth dies? Well, yeah, but it's so beautifully written. So I guess it has this kind of hominess yeah. to it. And um, then I've never read the ones about... That came later on. Yeah, so I'm I'm slogging through it right now.
1: <laughs> there, there's a um, a Louisa May. There's a two Louisa May Alcott books that I don't think a lot of people read anymore, but they're they were among my favorites. And one is called An Old Fashioned Girl, and and there's a section in it where this young man gives the three girls in the title, uh, three girls in the family, a different. Um, a different kind of flower, a you know, posies, and you're, and it says, but I bet you could guess which one he gave which flower to. And of course, being me, knowing nothing about flowers or gardens or anything, I had no idea. So, but an old-fashioned girl, and then one called Jack and Jill. Oh, and you have to read those, Katie. I would love to talk to somebody about
3: those.
4: They're just great. This is an ongoing trend with me. I may be reading her. <laughs>
1: Louisa
0: May Alcott. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Have you read Louisa May Alcott? I've never read Not her.
1: Years since high school. Yeah.
0: But you—that she was a big influence on you. Well,
1: right? I, I well, I you know I think if you were little and you wanted to write, then Joe, the Louisa May Alcott character, was your heroine, and and then when she married, what I would consider the wrong person. It just you know it's heartbreaking. Yeah, and yeah, and then
4: Amy, her
1: bratty little sister, marries. She's the angelic
4: one, Nancy.
0: (laughs) She's the angelic one.
4: And little men, they describe Amy's child all the time as yes, a little tiny princess with golden curls and right. When she comes around, all the little men just want to serve her because she's such a beautiful little girl. Yeah,
0: that's funny. (laughs) That's great. Hey here's you know the magic of the of the the media a couple of a couple of facebook questions and some email questions so we created this page people will find us through our own accounts and you but that stack of books there's a facebook page and there's also a a, a, a twitter feed that stack cuz somebody had that stack of books on twitter it may have been me i may have set it up earlier and then <laughs> forgot but anyways it's now called at that stack Um, A lot of people saying they're great, it's happening. Here's what Linda Thomas wrote. Fabulous idea. Sorry, I can't be there at this time. Reading The History of Love by Nicole Krauss. Also, hi to Nancy. We met on the bus and at Jeans. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, do you know that book? The History of Love? I do. What is it? Is it a novel?
1: It's a novel. And um, uh, Nicole Krauss is married to Jonathan Safran Ford. And... um, and, you know I think they' they're one of the power couples of, of literary Brooklyn dumb I, I think they do live in Brooklyn uh, and and her books are uh, her, or, or the history of love is, is just beautifully another beautifully written novel about um, about relationships and time.
0: So what should she read next?
1: Well I'm sure she's read Jonathan Safran 4. Um,
0: Should she read The Vacationers by Emma Straub? The Vacationers
1: would be exactly in that same um, uh, demographic. Yeah, would be in that demographic. Another one that she might want to read is another book that I just finished uh, called 2 A.M. at the Cat's Pajamas.
0: Which is a club?
1: Which is a jazz club by a woman named Marie-Helene Bertino, but we can talk about that later. We should let's do more questions. All right,
0: fine. Um, uh, well, here's here's Gabrielle uh, Nonast. I think that's right. Nonast. Uh, love this idea. Reading Wild by Strayed. Uh-huh. Uh The Island by Huxley. Time Traveler's Almanac. Vandemere. Valentine. Shepherd. Boy there's a stack of books right next on my list are the acid test by schroeder who i want to come do a talk at town hall also wonder book by vandermeer and familiar by lennon any of those books you don't know
1: yes many of them well
0: good (laughs) she has she has a stack of books that we need to explore more absolutely what what is strayed
1: you know cheryl i mean wild rather yeah cheryl strayed's Wild is just being just coming out, and is a movie with oh, Reese right. Witherspoon. Uh, one
0: That's of right. my she's favorite She's hiking across the... Hiking
1: the Pacific Coast Trail, and sort of coming to terms in the book um, with uh, her mother's death and some bad choices that she's made over her life. So it's become, in contempt for contemporary readers, a real um, a real favorite.
0: That's a long list she has. That's a big totally. stack of books that almost matches yours, though not quite. Um, Hazel Lynn Singer is just finished *And the Dark Sacred Night* by Julia Glass. Do you know that?
1: I um, yes. Now I I really love Julia Glass's *The Three Junes*. That was one of my favorite um, one of my favorite novels when it came out. I think it won the pulitzer or one of the big one of the big three awards um i have not been as fond of her other books as uh as they've appeared and and this one i based on some reviews that i read or just just feeling a little bit um i don't want to deal with anything in a in a literary novel again Um, you mean it's because and the dark night is dark yeah it's, uh. it's um, all of her books have lightness and dark I mean if you will but I, I just didn't I wasn't in the right mood
0: ah. Hazel you have to tell us what you think highly recommend she writes A Constellation of Vital Phenomenon by Anthony Mara
1: oh gosh absolutely A Constellation of Vital Phenomenon by Anthony Mara is a first novel by a very young man still I believe still in his 20's and it's set in Chechnya and it is just just—it's um, it, just an emotional, wrenching, gorgeously written novel about recent history. It's amazing. I mean, you, when you read that book, you would not think that somebody under the age of 30 or even 40 could write that book and, and, and do what he's done. It's a great book.
0: How did he I, I guess now that you mention him, I saw reviews. I didn't read them, I didn't read about the book, but what he's just a sensitive, smart person?
1: I mean he's come up with characters that represent things bigger than themselves and yet are themselves. And and he and and, he, and it's a book about kindness and and cruelty and The world and how we deal with sadness and tragedy and happiness. It's it's uh, it's an amazing, amazing book. What
0: does he read? What does she read? Following that book,
1: um, you know, if she would be willing to go into the into um, a different part of the library, I think that the Peter Temple books would be would be good um, I think they do that kind of thing you know where I would go though I would go to John le Carré's um, not one of his novels is set in Chechnya I mean one of John,
0: more recent novels huh? well
1: like maybe 10 years ago now but John le Carré had this had this great talent for, um, for predicting where the next hot spot was. And so when he wrote about Chechnya, nobody in the West was ever, I mean, probably very few people in the West, ordinary people in the West had ever heard of Chechnya, let alone knew what went on there. And yet he set this great thriller in Chechnya. So That's cool. Yeah, we should look up John le Carre's novel, Chechnya. Uh,
0: from Dana. Who uh, is, uh, wrote us on uh, on Gmail. That stack of books at gmail.com. I just like the title.
1: I love the title.
0: I recently read, she said some nice things, Steve Scherer and Nancy Pearl, too. My favorite public personages in one place, perfect on the topic of books, icing on the cake. I recently read North of Normal by Sia Person. Is it Sia, S-C-E-A? Uh, a memoir of a counterculture childhood currently on Canada's bestseller list. I've read a lot of memoirs. I'm interested in memoirs in general, so any recommendations would be appreciated. Do you know See a Person? Do you know that book? Mm-mm. Let me look it up. Because so I'm curious. I, I've never heard of that.
1: So she loves... We're, we're, you know, we're going to
0: take a picture of this table when we're done <laughs> and show all the cups of, of tea and coffee. Like yeah, 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 leave there? the old ones there. Are you joking? No, I'm not joking. Hey, hey Sarah, how, how, how come you let us do this? at your fine cafe? Well,
3: partly because I really love Nancy. (laughs) And honestly, this uh, free library out here um, has made most of our new customers into avid book readers, like these ladies over here. They're very excited that when when we get a new bunch of books, my wait staff is reading. It's a big deal. I've read more books, and I have four kids, um, than I have in a year. So it's great.
0: It's great for everybody. That's that's a great answer. I like that. Yeah, thanks. But, no, but, you know, we were at, uh, uh, what were we at? The, 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 the Seattle Design event. Center? No, it was an event down at Occidental Square. And all the, the people who had helped start these little book, these little free libraries, had... Uh, a display of all the different sorts of uh, contraptions people have used to create these libraries. Uh, Wheels, bicycle wheels, all sorts of wonderful things. It's such a great phenomenon. You can walk, I know, in many neighbors, but in this neighborhood where we are, in Bryant, these are all over. Do you see them when you you walk around?
1: Oh, they're everywhere. Yeah. There's one on, um, on... Let's see what is it when well, I'm walking down here on 37th. There's two right in the same block, but one of them changes their their housing for it depending on what's going on. Like there's one when the Seahawks were about to you know play in the in the um, NFL championship game, the Super Bowl. They changed it for the big Seahawks thing and um, for Valentine's Day they do things it's just fun to walk by there that's
0: fun that's great it's really
3: fun but yeah we have people there are people who go out there and they will talk about the books they'll get in arguments they'll be (laughs) like having a good time do you remember when we had the group of people? Yeah, had, uh, probably I don't know twenty-ish, um, and they pulled up a bunch of chairs and they were reading on the side of the road. And I, I've never seen anything like it, so it's it's great.
1: So I believe that the um, that the John Le Carre that has something to do with Chechnya is called the Most Wanted Man.
0: All right. The most wanted man. A most wanted man. A
1: most wanted man.
0: All right, we'll be back to the show in a minute. But now, uh, again, a word from our sponsor, and our first sponsor being the folks who let us come here, Brian Corner Cafe, Sarah Swanson, co-owner, volunteer, indentured servant. Um, well, how, what, is, what is the story of how you came to be here?
3: It was one of the first few weeks that I was working here. One of the waitresses answered the phone and handed it to me and apparently whoever it was asked for the owner so this is before I became the owner ended up being a reporter from the times who did a wonderful review but I didn't know she was a reporter from the times and she just asked me questions I told her about this being my drugstore, about my popsicles and comic books and the stories that I had as a child and how it's changing your restaurant and i I just love it But anyway, the first paragraph of the review was about Sarah Swanson, the owner of the Bryant Corner Cafe. So it was in print. So therefore, I am, you know, I'm the owner.
0: (laughs) So that was the first Chris had heard of it?
3: Yeah, he's been here (laughs) slugging away for decades. But, you know, I just walk in and become the owner in a couple of weeks. He was fine with it. He was fine with it. (laughs)
0: Well, you know, you have to work out all that stuff at home. Do you have a favorite on the menu? Do you have something fun that you like to tell people about on the menu?
3: Uh, Eggs Benedict, homemade holiday sauce. We've gone through a lot of cooks who can't make it because it breaks. We had one guy who actually brought in packaged Noir and tried to sneak it in. <laughs> Didn't work. It's got to be got to be handmade. But so holiday sauce is the best. The French toast is on homemade bread. We do some things that are like completely preservative-free and fresh and good and like cheap. <laughs> So it's great.
0: All right, all right. We'll go back to the show. Thank you, Sarah, our sponsor.
3: Thank you. So Who are you? Who are you? My name is Cheryl.
0: And you... and I
4: told Cheryl that we were going to ask her two questions. Um, the first one because
0: she'd like to eat her food.
4: Yes, she's <laughs> eating breakfast done. right now. I've interrupted her. Um, one was she has two books sitting next to her chair here that she picked up off of the free shelf outside, and so I was going to ask her why she picked out. The oh, one she wonderful. I found
2: my favorite author, Kristen Hannah. One of them. Yes. And I'm so excited because I had no idea she had a, a new book coming out. I don't even care what it's about because I love her <laughs> local flair uh-huh. and the fact that she writes about families and relationships and and I love reading about the Pacific Northwest.
1: Do you read other um, like Leanne Moriarty? Did you? I've not read her. Well, her most, um, the husband's secret is the one that, she's an Australian writer, I, you know, all of these people would be, have been relegated to chick lit, yes, but we yes. don't want to, I, I mean, I, hate, that. I yeah. hate those labels, I just hate labels in general, so Leanne Moriarty is another writer who, um, even though she's in Australia, does very good family relationships, oh, good. and, and um, so The perf, oh, little tiny little lies, I think, or little small lies or something is her newest one. I've seen it. And I think that's another one that would be. Oh, uh, good. Very appealing. Good.
0: What, what do you mean? Even though she's in Australia, she does.
1: Well, no, I mean um, she's not writing about the Pacific oh, Northwest, I see, I see. but just the family. But I thought you were saying family. Australian
0: family uh, no, issues. No, no, <laughs> no.
1: But it's set at that one. She, I believe, lives in Sydney. I think that's where her family lives. I believe her sister, Jackie Moriarty, I'm well. Any, that's a compliment. I think I, I, I met Jackie Moriarty when I was in Sydney at the Book Festival years ago. But um, Leanne Moriarty writes about Sydney. I mean, their sure. contemporary Sydney, and in the new one, Little White Lies or Tiny Little Lies. I'm going to look it up. Um, it, she, they all live at a place. This the neighborhood is Bond. Is is in real life, I believe Bondi. Beach or Bondi Beach, which is a very, you know, um, great place to live, right on the water. You know, the right. sun is all, all of that. So,
2: well, yeah, I, so I, I tend would, I think to like those. Like, I know I, think, I would because yeah. I like um, one of my other favorites is I don't know how to say her first name if it's Ellen or Elin Hildebrand. Uh huh. Nantucket. Yeah. Never been there. Have no idea what it's like, but I feel like I've been there because all of her books. Are written about there. Right. And it's families, relationships. Children. Oh, you need to read. Have you read Jojo Moyes? Yes, I have. See. In fact, I, the the one about when she caregived um to the. the oh, man. me before you. Me before you, yeah. And then I've got two at home that I haven't read because I realize she has a lot yeah, of other books. Me That's Me before what I you do. is great. Yes, I I find a book, and then if I like it, I read it. Everything they they've written. So I have Kathy Lamb is also one of my favorites. Uh huh. Um, I haven't read her. Big oh. Little Lies. Be- oh, Big Little Lies. Big that's Little the, Lies. That's okay. the Leanne Moriarty. Good. I have to write that down. Yes. Well,
0: what about these other two?
2: Okay, so this one, and again, I've there's not a big description. That What's I've it called? Here. But Years I, she left us. I'm Catherine Ma. Really um, drawn to authors that write about um, old China and often like China then and China now and also Japan, Japan and Hawaii. One of my favorite books ever was um, Alan Brennan does Mol- Molokai, Molokai and Hawaii right. or what his books I love. So those are my, my very favorites and then I just grab whatever sounds interesting or whatever's popular in between.
0: That's great. And that one too. This one. That Ooh, one, The Night one. Guest.
2: Um why did I grab this? The one? Night
0: Guest by Fiona McFarlane. McFarlane.
2: Um well, because it's about a woman in transition.
0: That's good. Who knows? So some of these books you didn't bring, Nancy, and some you did?
2: I brought all those Yes. These these came out of Sarah's little stash. And I have more in my trunk. Oh, (laughs) my God. (laughs) Not only is this the best place to come on Tuesday mornings, um, having the books out there is heaven for somebody
4: like me.
0: Yeah. A reader.
2: A reader. That's
4: cool. The other question I said I would ask her was what she's reading currently. Well, I'm in the middle of Ellen Hildebrand's newest which um,
2: it's, it's not my very favorite yet. I'm, I'm 40% through, and I've put it down a lot. Usually I read from cover to cover. Um, it's good, but it's, it's not as good as her others, I don't think. So I'm hoping it gets a little better, but I'm anxious to finish so I can get started on something else.
0: Have fun.
1: Just give it up if you're not really loving it.
0: Okay, do your last uh, do your last three books on that stack there, or, or whatever books you'd like to talk about.
1: Okay, well, this is, here's an author. One of the things I'm hoping we'll be able to do on this podcast... Whiskey,
0: Tango, Foxtrot.
1: One of the things I'm hoping we'll be able to do on this podcast is interview authors from around the country.
0: You do that on your yeah. Seattle Channel show all the time, don't you? I know, don't but you? I'm
1: limited. I can just do 12 authors. I mean, they're ah. half an hour, and... And they're, you know, they're so. They're the ones that are coming through. They're the ones who are coming through. So, to to be able to interview somebody, uh, I think it would be great. And I think Steve, the combination of me and you together interviewing would be would be quite fun.
0: Or, or onerous for the person we're talking to. So this is
1: the first, (laughs) and I haven't discussed this with him at all. Uh, This is a first novel by David Schaefer. S. H. A. F. E. R. It's called Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, so. Um,
0: so it's a military novel.
1: It, it is not a military novel, although that's using a military, <clears throat> military. Um, what would you call it? What? Lingo. lingo. I'll go with lingo. Yeah, military, I know it's code, but. Then. Right, military lingo for the title, and um, Ann Patchett was telling me that she she didn't get. um, what Whiskey Tango Foxtrot stood for uh, until her husband told her. Yeah, well, it's
0: right there on the top. (laughs) Right,
1: exactly. But I think she might have, well, I don't know if she read the finished book or not, and I haven't seen the cover, or I don't remember the cover of the finished book. So Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. What was interesting to me about this book is that the book that it mostly reminded me of has nothing really to do with this book. I mean, they're not similar at all in plot. But to me, they had the same feeling. And that was Cryptonomicon by Neal Really? And Cryptonomicon has always been one of my favorite, all-time favorite novels. And there's some of the same or a lot of the same spirit in Whiskey Tango Foxtrot that there is in Cryptonomicon. So one of the questions I really wanted to ask... Um, David Schaefer is did he read Cryptonomicon because when I tweeted about how much I liked this and that I compared it to you know Cryptonomicon he said um, he, he took that as a great compliment so I, I really want to know whether he, whether he read that book so um,
0: that but, also tells me that he I mean I always associated Cryptonomicon also with Pynchon and some of Pynchon's writings oh, too, really? the, like Gravity's Rainbow or, uh-huh. or, or uh, V, oh. just because the density of yeah. the storytelling. Yeah, oh, that's and-
1: interesting. Well, this is about um, a, a cabal of um, industrialists and media barons who want to privatize information in the cloud, and they'll do that by any means possible. And it's about the three people who come together for various reasons to stop them. So in a way, it fits in with my current predilection to just read thrillers. But it's much more than that. I mean, it's just wonderful, wonderful characters. Characters that you really care about and who have made mistakes in their lives and they're now in their 30s and are living with those mistakes. I, I just um, I just love this book. That's great. Did you know and anything about him, David Schaefer? No, nothing. I know nothing about him at all. Um, except that he lives in Portland, so it shouldn't be so hard to get a hold of him, and Heck we're on no. the same time zone. And or Steve, we'll make
0: him, or we'll just make him drive up here. And Steve,
1: I'm going to give you this um, to read. To read.
0: Do you know what the difference is between the like past books. and the current? No. I have time to read books. <laughs> <laughs> I have time to read books that I can, you know, finish.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. That's
0: great. All right. I'm yes, reading it. So
1: you'll love that.
0: Is it too late to nominate a candidate for novel of summer? A paranoid, sarcastic, and clattering pop thriller. This is one reviewer. You like that description? You don't know about paranoid.
1: Um, I think you're gonna. I think that that this takes a lot of our worst fears and plays plays with them, for sure. Um, but you you know over the over the many years we've talked steve we've talked about the what it means to be a summer read and oh, yeah, and not yeah. uh, and so I, I don't think this is necessarily a summer read i mean this is a this is a there's a lot of depth in here and oh. and there's a lot of I, I found that i'd be very interested in what you think
0: all right i'm reading it david Schaefer's a young man
1: yes he is
0: A Portland writer, huh? Yep. Huh.
1: I think he's lived all over. Harvard
0: and a graduate of the Columbia Journalism School.
1: Right. He has been a journalist, a carpenter, a taxi driver, and briefly, a flack for an NGO.
0: (laughs) Did they really use flack? They do. That is hilarious. I thought that was a a a word that we just used inside. A flack.
1: But he, they use it here as a noun and I always use it as a verb, I must say.
0: No, it's a n it's there it's a noun too. You're a flack.
1: No, but I always say, Oh, here's somebody flacking yeah. the book to me.
0: That's why it's a great or word. Or is that
1: a gerund?
0: Well I think it's a, a it's participle. a novel. It's a noun, it's a verb, it's a gerund. Yeah. yeah. Here he is flacking me again. Don't flack right. me that. Yeah, right. it's all it's a great word.
1: And it's and it's F L A C K, so yeah. it's different from
0: Okay, Brad. so um, I, here's my one question. It's a podcast, so people could pause and write down everything. Am I going to have to make a list of all these books because that's going to take me like a week? But okay, I'll 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 make the effort. Louise Penny, How the Light Gets In.
1: Oh, we're going to talk more now.
0: You have you have we have. Oh, uh, we can
1: wait till the next time.
0: Oh, you want to save some? Well, it's been 52 minutes, so that would almost be an hour in radio time.
1: Okay. Whatever, whatever you want. No, whatever you want. No, whatever you want. <laughs> this is charge. gonna be a, this is gonna be a good podcast. I'm definitely leaving that after in. you, Gaston. There that,
0: that after hall you, hall Alphonse. Try, yeah, right. No, no, after you, Gaston. <laughs> All right. I hope that we. Uh, yeah, there's so many books. I was wandering. Remember when we went to Fantagraphics a few yes. months back? I yeah. wandered back through Fantagraphics last week. There's so many new graphic novels to talk about. I know. The library that way has a yep. whole new stack of, right. of graphic novels to talk about. All right, there's a lot to talk about.
1: And it's uh, so great to get questions from people and, and just have the time to really explore where these books lead us in terms of ideas. Yes. Um, I'm, so I'm very much looking forward to that.
0: Me too. That stack of books. Find us at uh, podcast uh, aggregators everywhere. Thank you. Uh,
4: thank you. Thanks for letting me help out.
0: No, thank you for helping out. Thank you.
4: Thank you for
0: sitting down at the table. All right. Thank you, Brian Cafe. We'll talk next week. Happy reading, folks. So there's our first episode rebroadcast again. We'd like to hear what you think about this show and your ideas for funding to paying for it. We'll be repeating a couple more weeks because Nancy's off working on her own book and doing some writing write us that stack of books at gmail.com and tell us what you think of the show maybe some topics you'd like us to consider and also what books you're reading that stack of books at gmail.com also find us on facebook that stack of books with Nancy Pearl and Steve Scher, and on twitter at that stack and don't forget take pictures of those little free libraries that are popping up all over the country Send us a picture of that at that stack on Twitter. That'll be fun. And if you have ideas about funders, let me know. Tell me how you liked our conversations with Sarah. Keep in touch. We'll be giving you another episode next week. Keep on reading, folks. Thank you.